This is People Every Day. Coming up, Nick Cannon shares the devastating news that his youngest child, his baby boy, Zen, has died at just five months old. Plus, Brooke Shields reflects back on her Calvin Klein controversy and a look at the uptick in L.A. home invasions in the wake of Jacqueline Avant's killing. It's December 7th. Hi, everyone. This is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. It's a bit of a dreary day where I am in the world, and there is some very sad news that comes with it. Today, Nick Cannon revealed that he and model Alyssa Scott are mourning the loss of their five-month-old baby boy, Zen. The star opened up on his The Nick Cannon Show, sharing that Zen was suffering from hydrocephalus, a form of brain cancer, and had a malignant tumor. He went into heartbreaking detail about how they found out after taking him to the doctor to check out a persistent cough he had. According to Cannon, Zen's health took a turn around Thanksgiving. Here's what he said about his last day with his little one. Got to spend, got to spend, you know, the weekend with them, spend the night, and we woke up on Sunday, and I was like, I just feel like I want to go to the water, you know, and close to the ocean, and you know, we kind of got a chance to go to the to the ocean. And usually on Sundays, um, I kind of handle everything I had to handle with the family. And then I fly back to, to New York. I rush back so I could be here for you all. And so, you know, but I wanted to make sure that, you know, I had allowed the sun to rise and, you know, kind of hold my son. Um, and in the half the last... Oh. holding my son for the last time. My heart breaks for him and Alyssa and their families. I'm just praying for their peace and that baby Zen is resting easy. Well, in some much, much lighter news, a funny guy, Pete Davidson, and musician Machine Gun Kelly have paired up for a more silly than sexy Calvin Klein ad that everyone's talking about right now. The stars stripped down to their CK tidy whities on the brand's Instagram Live and tried their best to be hot Calvin Klein models <laughs> with MGK even pouring popcorn into Davidson's mouth. It's, it's bad and funny. So see for yourself on people.com. And well, speaking of Calvin Klein, it appears the iconic clothing brand was not always best known for underwear. There is speculation that a certain infamous 80s ad campaign involving supermodel Brooke Shields is what put them on the map for undergarments. If you remember, it was a jeans campaign that came under fire for its perceived sexual innuendo. In the ad, a then 15-year-old Shields modeled jeans while reciting different lines. One line being, you want to know what comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing. Well, this past October, Shields opened up about the experience with Vogue. Take a listen to what she said. I was naive. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think it was had to do with underwear. I didn't think it was sexual in nature. And just yesterday on the Armchair Expert podcast, she specifically talked about her experience being interviewed by famous journalist Barbara Walters on the topic, saying it was, quote, not journalism. So there's a lot to unpack with this story. That's why People's Marissa Charles is here to break it down and help us dig into some other major headlines. Hi, Marissa. Hi. 
Well, before we get into what she said about Walters, uh, can you walk us through Brooke's experience concerning this ad campaign as a 15-year-old? Um, sure. Um, she told Vogue that she basically didn't, she was ignorant of the sort of double entendre. Um, and she said that they didn't explain it to her. Um, she says in particular, if they'd explained it to me, why? Would they have wanted me to say it differently? It didn't phase me. It didn't come into my sort of psyche as it being anything overtly sexual or sexualized in any way. She also spoke about the backlash and she said, um, I was away when they all came out and then started hearing, oh, the commercials have been banned here and Canada won't play them. And paparazzi and people screaming at me and screaming at my mother. How could you? It just struck me so ridiculous, the whole thing. Um, so she was sort of being berated by the public. And she says that the assumption was that she was much more savvy as a 15-year-old than she really was. Um, but, you know, for all the backlash, she does admit that the, the sort of the commercials put Calvin Klein on the map. And sort of the underwear sort of overtook the jeans, she says. Absolutely. I mean, when I think of Calvin Klein, I think of jeans. I know there's clothing and purses and all this other stuff, but I think of underwear. Um, I, I want to just go into what she said on Dax Shepard, because she went a little deeper on Armchair Expert yesterday. And she talked about what she did in the midst of all that backlash. So she did a number of interviews to try to just stamp down on all the pushback she was getting. And one in particular, which she pointed out, was with Barbara. Walters. Tonight, Barbara Walters takes you up front with America's newest sex symbol, Brooke Shields. Walters asked a series of intimate and um, seemingly invasive questions. So let's take a listen to what she thought of that interview way back when. I've recently had to go back and look at all of my footage and appearances and Tonight Shows and Barbara Walters. and That Barbara Walters interview is maddening. It's practically criminal. Would you be a mother like your mother? I think so, yes. I mean, I think I've learned from my mom, yeah. But what what about the people who say she had no childhood? And accuse you. You took away her childhood. (laughs) But I'm still going through my childhood, so I can't say that I didn't. Sitting here like this is going through your childhood? Well, I'd rather do this than not do it at all. Stay home and watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm having a... I like... I enjoy this. And I think that it's an experience that I would not like to miss. Do you have any secrets from your mother? No. We, t- we, no. Tell, we really tell each other everything. Mm. So, Marissa, she was 15, a minor. Um, can we talk about this for a second? If we can remind people just a little bit about that tour that she went on um, to address this scandal, which is sexual in nature. So it was the topic of conversation, right? Yes, it was. It was a topic of conversation. But given that she says she was a bit bewildered, it does appear that, you know, she was a bit unprepared for the backlash and why it was such a big deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, with, and with Walters, the questioning, um, as, you know, you've seen in multiple different interviews from that time period, from that era, um, there was just kind of, it was no holes barred. At that time, we are long from that, but you could kind of ask anything, not that you maybe should have, but that was what it was. And and celebrities, for whatever reason, were game to sit there and answer all of those questions. And now for, for Brooke, she was... 15. And I think that just puts this in a little bit different light. But I want to get your take on it. 
I, I do think we've sort of evolved, not wanting to sort of um, sort of hone in on Barbara, but definitely if we look back the past sort of 20 years as, we, as we've re-examined how we've written about or interviewed people like um, Britney Spears, yeah. um, Whitney Houston um, and Lindsay Lohan, that, you know, people have um, come under fire, be it Wendy Williams or um, Diane Sawyer, We've looked back at it with fresh eyes and wondered whether we should have asked these sort of vulnerable women these questions at a time when they were either at in a crisis or they were minors. And I think we're looking at journalism with fresh eyes and focusing on yeah. the people that are being interviewed as much as the way we interview them. Next up, more with People's Marissa Charles on a scary crime trend happening in L.A. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. I got to shift over to this other story while I have you, Marissa. We've heard a lot about this in recent weeks, and it's this uptick in robberies and violent home invasions, specifically in Los Angeles. And Marissa, you know, living in L.A., I know this is something that we've seen covered a lot, especially by local media. But this past week, the issue got national attention again after Jacqueline Avant, a well-known philanthropist and wife of legendary music executive Clarence Avant, was shot and killed inside the couple's Beverly Hills home. She was 81 years old. A 29-year-old man has been arrested and and charged with her murder and the attempted murder of a security guard whom he shot at while trying to flee the scene. So police say they caught the man shortly after he shot Avant while he was trying to rob a nearby home. It's just, it's devastating. And and it's stoked fears for folks in major cities across the nation. And in L.A. alone, we've seen a string of follow-home robberies. Uh, Late last month, there was a flash mob robbery at a Nordstrom's um, in another part of the city. And then just this morning, thieves stole more than $100,000 in jewelry from three people outside of a luxury hotel in downtown L.A. So, Marissa, this is a story I know you've talked about in meetings and and, and have been wanting to cover. Um, Can you walk our listeners through some of what we've seen play out these last few months here in L.A.? Yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. There have been a string of smash and grab robberies, as you mentioned, where sort of a group of people who were armed would just come in and sort of smash, literally smash and grab um, high-end goods from places like Nordstrom, etc., which terrifies the shoppers and the security guards and so on. And then they also target or have targeted sort of affluent people, some of them well-known, like um, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Dorit Kemsley. She was robbed 
robbed of about $1 million in valuables during a home invasion. And apparently he had to sort of beg for her life and her kid's life. Mm. So you have that. Um, and then sort of the LAPD is investigating more than 100 follow home robberies in recent months. And that in particular, those um, sort of involve ordinary people as well. You see sort of um, videos yeah. so circulating on social media of diners who sort of are followed home to their house and, you know, are robbed and, you know, with armed gunmen sort of following them in into their homes and robbing them of valuables, etc. Yeah. And I've even seen videos of people dining on the patio and having gunmen come up to them and just demand their iPhone and their wallet, etc. Yeah. I, I saw a, a news program, I think it was last week, Terrence J. Like, he's a famous host and was on E! and all of that. He has been followed home not once but twice um, in attempted robberies where they have just followed his car from wherever he's leaving to his house. Uh, it's it's really shocking. Um, are, are we actually seeing an uptick in crime as a whole, though? Because I do want to put this in context. Or is it just this perception that this is a boom? It's a, it's a bit of both. And, and I have to say that before we I go into this, I do think social media has um, a part in this because now you're mm. able to see video footage, whether it's ring doorbell footage or iPhone footage um, that's circulating online and that gives it more visibility. Mm. Um, but in answer to your question, yes and no. Um, in Beverly Hills, for example, where Avant's murder took place, the police chief did admit that they've seen an uptick in violent crime but they say their levels are still extremely low when compared to national levels. Um, And according to the LAPD, homicides are up about 12% over last year, assaults are up about 8%, robberies are up about 5%. Mm. Nationally, we've also seen an uptick in crime since the start of the pandemic. Data collected and shared by the FBI database um, show that violent crime is up since the start of the pandemic. Um, and the national level is currently the highest it's been since 2010. But when you go back a few years and look at 2000, for example, the trend is still way down. And you have to consider as well that people have been locked down. So crime went down naturally because of that. And now people are out again. So it's understandable, mm. even though not pleasant, that crime will go up as a result of people going out more and being more yeah. visible. And also, I do think, to your note about social media, we're seeing this happen in affluent areas. And, you know, the crime has always happened in, in all areas, but specifically in the less affluent areas. And so just because there's, you know, more happening to richer people, um, there might be more eyes on it. But this is something that, you know, a lot of Americans live with um, on a daily basis. But uh, I, I just want to know, just a little more about Avant. I, I want to give some space to the victims here, specifically her. So can you tell me a little bit about her? Yeah, she was well known in the community um, and not just the sort of showbiz Hollywood community, but within the wider L.A. community um, for her charity work, most notably um, the UCLA's International Student Centre. Um, people may have become uh, more familiar with her. I know I did because her husband is known as the Black Godfather and Netflix, I think it was last year, released a documentary just sort of profiling his career 
career and showing that he's worked with a laundry list of musicians, including mm-hmm. Bill Withers and Jimmy Smith. And it's actually a really good documentary if you want to get a sense of how plugged in he is and um, and was to the showbiz um, community. Um, that's a real good eye opener. But they had this very long marriage. They were quite a dapper couple. They've been together or married since 1967, and they have two kids. and And their daughter Nicole is actually married to Netflix CEO Ted Saranos. So it's very sad. It's a huge loss. Mm. And people like, um, you know, Tyler Perry and uh, Oprah Winfrey have all spoken yeah. out. And apart from her being a celebrity, well, being um, well-connected and quite affluent, she's a, a mother, a grandmother. She's 81 years Ugh. old. To think that she was killed in her own home at two o'clock in the morning is just so devastating and um, it's very sad and and that, I think, is what heightens um, worry and paranoia because if it could happen to her, they had a security guard, Mm -hmm. what about the rest of us? That was People West Coast News Director Marissa Charles discussing Brooke Shields' 1980 interview with Barbara Walters and the murder of 81-year-old philanthropist Jacqueline Avant, who was killed inside her L.A. home during a home invasion. For more on these stories, head over to People.com. Also, if you like this podcast, check out Reality Life with Kate Casey. She's like a walking encyclopedia on every kind of reality show. The Bachelorette, Real Housewives, 90 Day Fiance, plus those binge-worthy documentaries and docuseries. Tune in twice a week to hear her interview talent, directors, and producers of television's most talked-about must-watch shows. She even broke that story about A-Rod, FaceTiming with a cast member of Southern Charm, you know, the whole reason we have Benefer 2.0, maybe. So what are you waiting for? Check out Reality Life with Kate Casey today. And now something to make you smile. If the pandemic is putting a big damper on your holiday spirit, then Jimmy Fallon is here to lighten the mood. The late night talk show host teamed up with singer Ariana Grande and rapper Megan Thee Stallion for his ode to the pandemic. It was a masked Christmas. He's so silly. Well, we've definitely had a tough go of it, so I am here for any and every bit of cheer this season. All right, talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs> 